Welcome to Coffee with Crystal. I'm Dr. Crystal, your host. Let's settle in, get comfortable, and chat. Today's topic, truth. And we know that truth is defined as a verified or undisputable fact. And then we can go on and say that verified is to ascertain the truth or correctness of something by examination, by research, or by comparison. And undisputable, right? Truth is verified and undisputable. And undisputable is something that is just not open to question. As humans, our desire to attain the truth leads us to great lengths, many sleepless nights, and a range of emotions. You know, whenever I think of our human quest for the truth, it always brings to mind the courtroom scene, and I am going to date myself here, but it always brings to mind the courtroom scene from the 1992 drama, um, A Few Good Men, starring Tom Cruise and Jack Nicholson. The scene is the dramatic ending of an attorney's quest to find the truth surrounding the death of a young Marine. And it went something like this. You want answers? I think I'm entitled to them. You want answers? I want the truth. You can't handle the truth. In today's society, with 24-hour news channels, social media networks, cell phones, cameras, video phones, etc., we are bombarded with information some truth, some suspect, and some just outright fabricated. So my question to you is, can you handle the truth? When you receive disturbing information, what is your response? Do you immediately go on a defense and attack the messenger? Do you automatically assign guilt without having knowledge of all the facts? Do you accuse or assign blame without praying and seeking guidance? Think about it. How many relationships have been severed because of a lack of diligence when seeking the truth? I would like for us to take a look at a biblical example of correctly providing, responding, and resolving a very difficult yet truthful situation. Today I would like for us to consider the story of David and Jonathan. So Samuel 20 reads, Then David fled from Naoth at Ramah and went to Jonathan and asked, What have I done? What is my crime? How have I wronged your father that he's trying to kill me? Now David's response was not to confront his offender. Instead, he sought guidance from someone close to Saul, Jonathan, Saul's son. What is your response when you feel wrong or if you suspect someone is out to get you? Well, let's continue looking at the passage. Never, Jonathan replied, you're not going to die. Look, my father doesn't do anything, great or small, without letting me know. Why would he hide this from me? It isn't so. So Jonathan's response we see here is one of reassurance. But again, what about you? How do you react when someone comes to you with something they suspect? Do you immediately jump on the bandwagon and provide a laundry list of reasons to support the assumption? Or are you like Jonathan and remain level-headed and provide support and reassurance until all the facts have been obtained? But David took an oath and said, getting back to the passage, 
your father knows very well what I have what I have found favor in your eyes and he has said to himself Jonathan must not know this or he will be grieved yet as surely as the Lord lives and as you live there's only a step between me and death Jonathan said to David whatever you want me to do I'll do it so we see here that after David states his reasons his friend responds is to help Are you willing to help a friend see their way out of a troubling situation without being hasty? Or are you of the mindset of act first and ask questions later? So getting back to the passage, David said, look, tomorrow is the new moon feast and I'm supposed to dine with the king. But let me go and hide in the field until the evening of the day after tomorrow. If your father misses me at all, tell him, David earnestly asks my permission to hurry to Bethlehem, his hometown, because an annual sacrifice is being made there for his whole clan. If he says, very well, then your servant is safe. But if he loses his temper, you can be sure that he is determined to harm me. As for you, show kindness to your servant, for you have brought him into a covenant with you before the Lord. If I am guilty, then kill me yourself. Why hand me over to your father? We see here that David is now clear-minded and able to come up with a reasonable plan to obtain the truth. Again, I ask, in the midst of your struggles, are you able to maintain clear thought and act wisely? Or are you prone to make rash decisions in the midst of confusion? Reading further on, it says, Never, Jonathan said, if I had the least inkling that my father was determined to harm you, wouldn't I tell you? David asked, who will tell me if your father answers you harshly? Come, Jonathan said, let's go out into the field. So they went there together. Then Jonathan said to David, I swear by the Lord, the God of Israel, that I will surely sound out my father by this time the day after tomorrow. If he is favorably disposed toward you, will I not send you word and let you know? But if my father intends to harm you, may the Lord deal with Jonathan, be it ever so severely, if I do not let you know and send you away in peace. May the Lord be with you as he has been with my father. But show me unfailing kindness like the Lord's kindness as long as I live, so that I may not be killed and do not ever cut off your kindness from my family, not even when the Lord has cut off every one of David's enemies from the face of the earth. So we see here, even with the knowledge that his father may be plotting to murder his friend, Jonathan, still, while he's still attempting to reassure David, he faces the realization that his father is human and that his father could very well be capable of the things that David is accusing him of. How do you respond when those close to you are accused of something? Are you able to put aside loyalties in an effort to ensure that the truth is made clear? Reading on, it says, So Jonathan made a covenant with the house of David, saying, May the Lord call David's enemies to account. And Jonathan had David reaffirm his oath out of love for him, because he loved him as he loved himself. Then Jonathan said to David, 
tomorrow is the new moon feast. You will be missed because your seat will be empty. The day after tomorrow, toward evening, go to the place where you hide when this trouble began. I'm sorry, go to the place where you hid when this trouble began and wait by the stone easel. I will shoot three arrows to the side of it as though I was shooting at a target. Then I will send a boy and say, go find the arrows. If I say to him, look, the arrows are on this side of you, bring them here, then come. Because as surely as the Lord lives, you are safe. There is no danger. But if I say to the boy, look, the arrows are beyond you, then you must go because the Lord has sent you away. And about the matter you and I discussed, remember, the Lord is witness between you and me forever. So David hid in the field, and when the new moon feast came, the king sat down to eat. He sat in his customary place by the wall opposite Jonathan, and Abner sat next to Saul. But David's place was empty. Saul said nothing that day, for he thought something must have happened to David to make him ceremonially unclean. Surely he is unclean. But the next day, the second day of the month, David's place was empty again. Then Saul said to his son Jonathan, Why hasn't the son of Jesse come to the meal, either yesterday or today? Jonathan answered, David earnestly asked me for permission to go to Bethlehem. He said, Let me go, because our family is observing a sacrifice in the town, and my brother has ordered me to be there. If I have found favor in your eyes, let me get away to see my brothers. This is why he has not come to the king's table. Saul's anger flared up at Jonathan, and he said to him, You son of a perverse and rebellious woman, don't I know that you have sided with the son of Jesse to your own shame and to the shame of the mother who bore you? As long as the son of Jesse lives on this earth, neither you nor your kingdom will be established. Now send someone to bring him to me, for he must die. Why should he be put to death? What has he done? Jonathan asked his father. But Saul hurled his spear at him to kill him. Then Jonathan knew that his father intended to kill David. So we see even faced with his father's rage and the knowledge that David's accusations were valid, Jonathan did not make any accusations or betray David's trust. How do you think you would have responded in this situation? How would you have been able to remain calm and not retaliate or attempt to avenge your friend? It goes on to say, Jonathan got up from the table in fierce anger. On that second day of the feast, he did not eat because he was grieved at his father's shameful treatment of David. In the morning, Jonathan went out to the field for his meeting with David. He had a small boy with him, and he said to the boy, Run and find the arrows I shoot. As the boy ran, he shot an arrow beyond him. When the boy came to the place where Jonathan's arrow had fallen, Jonathan called out after him, Isn't the arrow beyond you? Then he shouted, Hurry, go quickly, don't stop. The boy picked up the arrow and returned to his master. The boy knew nothing about all this. Only Jonathan and David knew. Then Jonathan gave his weapons to the boy and said, Go, carry them back to town. After the boy had gone, David got up from the south side of the stone and bowed down before Jonathan three times with his face to the ground. Then they kissed each other and wept together. 
but David wept the most. Jonathan said to David, Go in peace, for we have sworn friendship with each, with each other in the name of the Lord, saying, The Lord is witness between you and me, and between your descendants and my descendants forever. Then David left, and Jonathan went back to town. So we see here, in the midst of this entire situation, even in between his best friend and his father, Jonathan remained loyal to the end. Would you have been able to go to a friend and confirm their claims that someone close to you was out to harm them? Or would pride have set in and prevented you from holding true to your commitment? How would you have handled the truth? So my challenge to you this week, should you receive difficult news, unsettling news, I encourage you, listen, reassure, pray, seek guidance, and act righteously. This concludes our time for today. Please tune in again next Sunday for Coffee with Crystal. And remember, God is a God of grace, and each new day provides us with the opportunity to begin again. Choose God, and may the peace of God, which transcends all understanding, guard your hearts and your minds in Christ Jesus. Welcome to the first day of the rest of your life.